Well, that was a very wild game for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They get that 5-4 to four comeback victory over the Philadelphia Flyers to beat them for the third straight time this season, fourth straight time overall. These teams will play again um, in late April. I have a full game recap episode coming up for you all right after this drop. We'll obviously start with Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, Heroics, Casey DeSmith, and a whole lot more. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Again, one more time, if there are any audio issues, just let me know. This is the second time I'm using my brand new microphone that I just got in the mail on Sunday. And again, leave a comment on YouTube if there's any issues or anything like that. But Pittsburgh Penguins are able to get that 5-4 to four win tonight against Philly. But you know where we're starting. Sidney Crosby gets his 500th career goal against Philadelphia. Everyone, I think, in the fan base, everyone that covers the team, you know, including me with this podcast, knew that this was probably going to happen against the Flyers. Even Flyers fans, I think, knew that it was going to happen um, against them. And, you know, it, it was it was poetic. You know, he gets his 500th career goal. He's now uh, tied for 45th all-time for the most goals scored in NHL history um, with Lanny McDonald. He's only a couple away of tying Joe Mullen. Uh, Jean Bellabue is at 5.07. Uh, Jeremy Roenick's at 5.13. Dale Howardchuk at 38. You know, he's probably going to um, <clears throat> get close to the top 30, I would say, by the end of his career. Probably will be higher than that. Um, hopefully, he'll, we'll see if he can get a um, make a push for 600, though. That's going to be tough with where he is <clears throat> um, right now. Obviously, Ovechkin is way past that, and for good reason. But... Um, you know, it was just a vintage Sid goal because of where it happened, right? It's on the power play. It's a, a pass from Evgeny Malkin. Sid's in his office, down low, Carter Hart, no shot. Just take take your bags off the ice, you know, go to the gulag or something. Uh, no, no goalie, including him, was probably going to stop that. That is just that that is how good Sid is down low. And I, I wish I could put it into words. You know, how much Sidney Crosby has meant to me and, you know, so many other, I think, you know, fans of, you know, near or a little above my age for, you know, just, you know, these, these new generation of fans who just didn't grow up, I would say in the early nineties with Mario and Yager. I mean, you know, obviously I'm on the younger side of things. I, I, I totally get that. I'm not trying to say that um, I was there for Mario's greatness because I was not. And I wish I, I, I wish I was, but you know, what he has done for this team and this city ever since coming into the league is um, it, it's really second to none. And I hope everyone cherishes, cherishes, excuse me, these moments because I do not think we are going to see another player of his caliber, you know, come through this town. I know people say that with, say that with Mario Lemieux and, you know, some of them were proved wrong just because Sid is, you know, close to that level. I wouldn't say he was better than Mario. Obviously, you know, he's still one of the five best players to ever play the game, but, you know, he was still able to come through, and, you know, just be so awesome. But I still don't think that, you know, we are going to see another player of his caliber. And, you know, I just, I want everyone to remember where you were, for, you know, just for this sort of milestone. And, you know, just thinking about it overall, <clears throat> I know we've seen him do so much for this city that all the Stanley Cups, 
the Conn Smythes, the, you know, the, the scoring titles, the Hart Trophy titles, all the all-star bursts, you know, everything. But, you know, the way that he's been able to, you know, remodel his game the last few years and still hit 500 goals is also such a great accomplishment just because he was never known for, you know, being a defensive player. But, you know, he's been able to be one of the best defensive players, uh, defensive centers, excuse me, in the league, while also still doing his thing, playmaking and goal scoring wise. Um, it, it's why, again, I don't think there are five better players um, in the league history um, than Sidney Crosby. Um, and again, you know, I just, I, I wish I could put everything into words. You know, what a talent. Um, just, I, it, this was this was his night. And I'm so glad the team was able to get get the win for him because if they would have lost this game, it definitely would have left me and I think a lot of the other fans with just you know a sour taste in their mouths. But um, it's just you know thank you, Sidney Crosby. I should say for everything he's done for this team and you know for your just for, for everything you know for the city and all that. And you know he also uh, was able to secure um, I believe his 1,370th point. Um, tonight, if that, yeah, 1,370 points, which uh, moves him to 26th place all-time scoring history. Obviously, it's going to be remembered for something else, but um, he's now inching upwards now to the top 25 uh, for the all-time scoring race. <clears throat> Figured I would uh, throw that stat out there for you all as well. And, of course, this happened to occur on Yarmir Yager's birthday. Happy 50th birthday, Yarmir, one of the greatest players to ever play in this franchise history as well. I hope he was smiling a little bit if he was able to watch the end of that game, um, as Sidney Cro Crosby was able to get the win, um, and then of course the goal before then. And you know, I love the I love the standing ovation that the crowd gave him. It started off with Mary Lemieux giving him a, a beautiful um, little speech, and then you know just his mom and dad were coming to tears. Kathy Lutner, his girlfriend, was at the game. I was surprised she was there, just because you never see her at any games. I think Sid just is, lives a very quiet, personal life. That's just that's just always how he is. Um, but you no, know, this was just such, it was too poetic. Um, I think, and you know, I, I, I can't thank Sidney Crosby enough for everything he's done, um, for this team. And, you know, here's to, uh, 500 more goals probably won't happen. Um, I'm hoping for at least, um, a hundred more, if not, you know, hopefully more than that as well. But, you know, we obviously had to start there in his office. I hope everyone um, took that on FanDuel, DraftKings, wherever you're betting. It was an easy uh, cash. I'm glad I was able to get a little bit of cash myself. I, I also did have the bet where he was going to be the first Penguins goal scorer. It just sucks that Dominic Simone was able to score first and then Sid got his goal. If it, if it were reversed, uh, I probably would have walked away with over – $150. I had the $10 bet. I was going to win 110. Um, if Sid was the first goal score for the Penguins, I, I just missed it by that much. I'm still getting a little mad about that just because, you know, I, I should have had my parlay in the Super Bowl. I, I would have gotten home with 180 bucks, but Joe Burrow didn't, you know, get nine more rushing yards and I ended up losing that. But anyways, you know, getting back to the original point, um, you know, just a very emotional night. And, you know, just, I was glad that the Penguins were obviously able to get the win. Um, on Sidney Crosby, special you know, this will not be the last special occasion when it comes to Sidney Crosby. There is so much more ahead, but I just wanted, you know, to take the time to, you know, tell you all how much he's meant to me just growing up and, you know, watching him for basically almost my entire life now, you know, his rookie season, I was only eight years old. I'm 24 now. I'll be 25 later this year. 
Um, it, it's crazy that, you know, he's been playing in the league for two thirds um, of the time that I've been on this planet. Um, and again, you know, I, I just, I, I, I can't, I, I try to, I try to put it into words. It's just, it's so hard, but um, thank you, Sid, you know, f- just for, for everything. And that goal tonight was um, strictly sensational, but that'll do it for this first segment of the Locked on Penguins podcast coming up. In the next segment, we're going to go into Crystal Tang's heroics, the third period. Obviously, we're going to get to Casey DeSmith later on in the show. <clears throat> Excuse me, Jake Gensel scoring, of course, and, you know, Dominic Simone. You know, he was able to finally show a pulse as well. Um, but before we do that, got beard, get primal. And yes, you heard me right. If you are someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you are that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes bombs, oils, and whipped butter that are known as the best feel in beer products available. <clears throat> Excuse me. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. The combo kits make a great holiday gift no matter the time of year. And if you're shopping for yourself, you will be glad you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and their fuel and beer to other products that you have used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. I've told this story before, you know, my stepdad, you know, he, he definitely badly needs um, this product. I've been trying to convince him um, to get Primal, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if he does just because I think his beard is starting to get a little out of control. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, <clears throat> excuse me, at LO underscore penguins. I have no idea. <clears throat> Every time I try to record these shows, um, my I just get, get this weird cough. I don't have COVID or anything, but I, I just I, I don't get it. But um, getting back to, of course, the Penguins and Flyers recap. Um, Chris Letang, we got we got to get to him now. Um, he was probably the best player on the ice tonight. Just strictly awesome, both ends of the ring, breaking up odd man rushes like it was nothing, uh, making some beautiful passes in the offensive zone. And, you know, when the Penguins needed him most, when the game was tied early on into overtime, I I loved what he did on that two-on-one. Go back and watch it because he has the puck. He's looking at Sid just like, "Mm -hmm, I see you over there, but if I pass it, I think it's going to be intercepted. But, you know, he saw it wasn't going to happen, and – He fired it on net, barely even looking at it. That's the crazy thing. Was hardly even looking down at the puck or even looking at Carter Hart. Fires at glove, uh, um, not glove side. Fires it um, through the pads. And, you know, the Penguins are going home with that 5-4 victory. And here is a very cool stat uh, for you all. Chris Letang now has the most overtime points by a defenseman in NHL history with 30. So more history tonight. For the Pittsburgh Penguins, that stat comes courtesy of Penguins PR. Um, so thank you for putting that out there. Um, but you know, I, I would love for them to sign him to a lifetime extension already. I've been harping on that, you know, for the last few weeks to a month or something like that. Um, he was just awesome on the ice, and you know, for all his critics out there, they like to say that you know he doesn't do anything. Well, I, I don't know how you can say that, just you know, based on this goal and based on uh, his play tonight and based on everything he has done. This is easy. This is probably one of the five best games that I've seen him play this year. And, you know, just I, I, the hug that him and Sid shared 
after that goal, you know, they, they and just the look they gave each other. It was just a, a look of relief just because, you know, Latang, he kind of came in right as Satan Gino, you know, were making their NHL debuts or a little bit after, but it's been mainly these three, you know, for, you know, the last, you know, 13, 14, 15 years. And, you know, what, what better way to celebrate than, you know, him getting the overtime winner after Sidney Crosby, you know, makes a little bit of history himself. But I just, I loved that goal because it showed, you know, just, you know, how good Chris Tang is and how, just how his hockey IQ is as well. Because, you know, a lot of other players in that situation, they would have made the pass because it is Sidney Crosby's special night. He's flanking the other side. You know, he's on his, you know, strong side for a one-timer. But Latang said, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to shoot at five hole past Carter Hart and I'm going to go in the game and the Penguins, you know, they did just that with that goal. So good job to Tanger. He continues his awesome season and I'm just waiting for the contract announcement at this point. Um, Jake Gensel, he was able to get another goal tonight and that was a goal that really changed the outlook of this game because before then, you know, the Penguins that, you know, they got that power play with eight minutes left, but those prior 12 minutes, nothing was happening. They had two shots on net. They were not forechecking well. Defensively, they looked a little sloppy. Casey DeSmith was, you know, making a couple of saves, but um, you know, he wasn't really too busy because the Flyers were content on sitting back and they were doing a pretty good job of it. You know, they weren't really they weren't really letting the Penguins do much about it. But once they got that power play, it was game over game over. The puck movement was superb, you know, and Latang's play on that goal. I, I should have mentioned it, you know, a couple seconds ago. I don't know why I didn't. Um, another great hockey IQ play by Tanger. It wasn't even a shot at Carter Hart. It was a shot slash pass looking for a rebound because he saw Jake right there and in front of the net, of course that is. And we all know how good Jake is in front of the net. I wouldn't say, you know, he's like a prime Patrick Hornquist or Tomas Holmstrom, but he is still pretty good in that area. And Latang was able to whack it off a, a heart's pad. And then it ended up sitting there right in the blue paint for Jake. And he's able to bury that goal for three, 18 seconds later. Um, I believe it was Heinen that had the pass to Chad Ruido. He gets um, a very rare goal. Um, if, if my memory serves me right, and I can actually look at this, um, right now if i can uh, find this here real quick yeah this was i believe only his second goal um of the season now, this is a player that you know he doesn't score much but he also doesn't need to score that much just because uh, um of how great overall um just defensively i should say he is and I i'm actually going to look that up here um real quick on my phone i was going to do that on my pc but i wanted to make sure that this was his second goal of the year um forgive me for just this really Actually, no, excuse me. That was only his first goal of the year. I thought that he had scored one, one earlier in the season. I apologize for that. It's good that I double-checked it because I didn't want to publish this podcast and you know leave you all with a, a flawed stat or something like that. So first goal of the year for Chad, and it couldn't have come at a bigger time. Two goals in 18 seconds for the Penguins. And then, you know, DeSmith was able to redeem himself. I'm going to get to that in just a second, but, you know, getting that power play really turned the tide for the Penguins, especially with that Gensel goal, because they were buzzing after that, which of course led to Ruedel getting his first of the season. So just much better last, I, I should say, eight minutes of the third period compared to those first 12 um, overall. Um, and, you know, Casey DeSmith, you know, I, I gotta say it. I mean, 
I don't know why some people were defending him on social media media and a couple of other places. He doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I saw some people saying that he had only given up one bad goal. I couldn't disagree more. I know the Giroux one, people are going to say, I mean, that one I think was a nice shot. The second one, Brian Rust, I know gave to, was it Scott Law on a, on a silver platter? DeSmith, I think, could have come up with a save on that though. The third one was really bad. You can't allow a goal from you know 50 to 55 feet with hardly any traffic in front of you. That's unacceptable. The fourth one, I know it went off Marcus Pedersen, but it also he was swimming in the net for that entire sequence. He needs to, you know, be a little more aggressive in that situation and you know not flop all over himself because if he wasn't flopping all over himself as I just said, he probably would have come up with that save and it wouldn't have gone off Marcus Pedersen. And you know, I Kudos to him for stepping up in those final seven minutes because the Flyers definitely threatened more than once on that late power play that they got in a couple of other times. Um, then on after, you know, he made a great glove save uh, towards the late stages um, on that power play. Um, and then, you know, he was able to get it to overtime. I, I, I don't think I saw a lot of people on social media talking about that during the game when I was live tweeting. I, I, would, I wish there was. I know he stunk and all that. But, you know, he was one of the main reasons why the game did get to overtime after the Penguins tied the game because he easily could have crumbled and given up a goal. Heck, I was almost expecting him to give up a bad goal just because of how bad he was tonight. But, you know, he clamped down. He made a couple of really big saves. The Penguins were able to secure at least a point before Crystal Tang did his magic. That said, you know, I still think this team needs to go out and get a competent backup goaltender and I, and I will die on that hill. I know he had two good starts coming into this. I understood why Mike Sullivan wanted to start DeSmith because the Flyers are not that good. I totally get that. It's kind of a low risk game. I know it was in, there's history on the line with Sidney Crosby, but with how bad the Flyers have been lately, I believe Steve Mearson on the broadcast, they've lost um, 15 of their last 17 coming in. This has not been a good hockey team. This was potentially the last game that Sidney Crosby will play against Claude Giroux, um, Flyers-Penguins-wise. But, you know, that said, um, this was a step back for him. And, you know, it's been like that this season. It's one step forward two steps back. And again, this was one of those times where it was two steps back. And I still want the team to go out and, you know, get some insurance for the Vesna caliber goaltender because he can't start every game. I mean, you're just going to, he's just going to be burned out. And, you know, if, if he, God forbid, I'm going to knock on one, God forbid he gets hurt or something happens. Um, this team is done in the playoffs without him starting. And, or without him playing at the level that he is playing at right now. This was not good enough from Casey DeSmith. Um, and I think a lot of the fans realize that. I just I don't want people to defend him um, for no reason. I saw some of that tonight. I didn't like it. I completely disagree with all those takes. And I understand the team was playing sloppy defensively. That definitely contributed to some of the goals that were given up. But DeSmith needs to bail out some of those you know sloppy moments, and he did not do that tonight. So he definitely gets a really bad negative grade. Um, in my book, um, still have a little more to get to for this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. Of course, you know, we got to get into Dominic Simone's goal and how awesome that deflection was. Um, more Kasperi Kapanen's hot because, you know, I'm, I'm never done roasting him. You know, he's definitely going to get roasted coming up here in the following segment. And of course, I think a couple of other things 
as well. But before we do get to that, the NFL season might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. All the show's Twitter, at LO. So Penguins, I'm sorry, I have an itch in my eye there. Um, Dominic Simone's goal, um, you know, it, it's basically um, once in a blue moon that he scores. You know, he was able to get, um, if I believe I have this right, I'm going to make sure I get this right. This was only his third goal of the year. Remember, remember he scored his first one um, in the first game of the season against Tampa Lightning, and then he scored another one about... Man, the fact that I can't even remember that second goal just goes to show that he just doesn't score a lot. But, you know, what a deflection that he had um, past Carter Hart. Um, Just did not know where that came from, was able to tie the game right after Giroux scored. And, you know, that that also brought new life into, into, excuse me, the building and you know he continues to play no not too terribly i mean he's he's kind of just been there his playmaking ability has always been fine defensively he's all right you know it's always just been his goal scoring you know has just never been there for his career and it hasn't changed this season i know they were giving him a second chance by coming back and all that but still you know really nice goal for him tonight and he's obviously going to keep playing until this team gets a little more healthy um kasperi kapanen again um, I'd be a rich man if I every time uh, he walked in the uh, into the offensive zone and just button button hooked back and just laid a stupid pass. I, if you know if, if he did that um, every time, I'd probably make five hundred dollars a game. Um, I, I don't really know what's going on. Um, his, again, his confidence is not there, and and he he's still not shooting the puck when he comes in flying. He's always doing these drop passes. I counted at least three to four tonight from him with that in that regard. And I, I don't understand it. I, I I don't know what's going through his head when he plays. I, I got to think again, it's 90%. It's confidence, but you know, Kapanen was demoted and rightfully so throughout that game. You can definitely see that Mike Sullivan has had enough with this player. And as I said on my Monday episode, for those that did not listen, if he were traded at the deadline, I really do not care. I really would not care, excuse me, because this team needs a competent score in their top nine. He is basically a black hole right now. And, you know, he's quickly approaching, I wouldn't say the unplayable category, but, you know, he's approaching where if Sullivan were to healthy scratch him um, by chance, I don't think a lot of people, myself included, in the fan base or people that cover the team, you know, would care that much because I think it would be warranted. He just, he has not been good this year. And tonight his struggles continued. And, you know, as DK of DK Pittsburgh sports said, um, he better not take the ice in that uh, three on three overtime, especially with what happened last time against the Washington Capitals when he was one of the main reasons, you know, they lost because he turned the puck over the blue line and the Penguins never saw the puck again those last 45 seconds until Dmitry Orlov's uh, game winner. So I'm glad that, you know, the the three players of Gensel, Letang and Crosby, they all stayed on the overtime shift for, what was it? 30 seconds, if that, and no one else had to come on um, overall. So, you know, just, I, I think I'm running out of things to say 
um, when it comes to Cappy. I just, I, I want him to turn it around because I like him, but I just, I don't see it happening um, at this point. Um, overall, game-wise, um, the Penguins did have um, the better of the play. If I go to natural stat trick here, 55% of the shot attempts at 5v5, 54% of the scoring chances. Uh, they led in high danger, 6-5. Um, 57% of the expected goals for. Um, they were outchanced, actually. They uh, For actual goals for, the Flyers had them beat 4-2 at 5v5. But, of course, the Penguins were able to get those two power play goals. If we go to all situations here, um, 54% of the shot attempts for the Penguins, 55% of the scoring chances, and 64% um, of the high-danger chances. The Penguins actually only allowed Philadelphia to have um, two combined high-danger chances um, in, both the in both the first and third periods. It was that second period where... Um, they were just playing a little sloppy. And, you know, I, I definitely thought, you know, in the first part of the third period as well, they were a bit sloppy. It was kind of like, okay, I mean, you guys do realize this is one of the worst teams in hockey, right? Um, the Penguins were able to wake up just because the Flyers team defense um, is that bad and able to tie it and then, you know, win that game five to four. You know, they keep pace in the Metropolitan Division. They are still in first place as of right now. If I go to the standings, the Penguins are three points up on the Hurricanes. Remember, Hurricanes do have four games in hand. Um, but the Rangers, they were also able to win tonight, so the Penguins keep that four-point lead over them um, as the Rangers also have some games in hand um, as well, too, um, that is. Um, I don't think I miss anything um, for the show tonight. At least I don't think so. Um just I'm going through I was just going through my timeline to make sure if I hit on everything with my notes. Um Brock McGinn, thank God that was not a broken hand or a broken wrist. I flinched when I was watching that because he it was almost like think think about if you didn't have a glove on, it's like a bare puck hitting your hand without any protection. And and usually nine out of ten times. Excuse me. That's probably a broken hand slash wrist. He was able to somehow come back into the game and look pretty good. Um, I hope it's not another situation uh, where he finishes the game and is out for four to six weeks because we've seen that so many times with the Penguins. Um, but it looks like as of right now, um, he he is okay. Um, last but not least, shout out to you, um, Pittsburgh, uh, for all the fans that went to the game at PPG Paints Arena. Based on the TV with how loud it was in my house, that was probably the loudest I have heard PPG in two years. And I know obviously last year, you know, with COVID and everything, you know, no one could really go to the games, but, you know, Pittsburgh brought it tonight. You know, the fans that were there, um, I know Alan T. Yoder, you, you're a frequent listener of this podcast. You were there tonight. You sent me a video. It's awesome that you got to be there. Thank you for sending me that. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you were one of the fans um, that were there to just really support the team because, you know, that was a playoff-like atmosphere with what I was looking in. You know, if, if the fan base can, can can continue to do that throughout the rest of the season, it's going to be huge because I really think this team is special and they can go on a deep run. But at the end of the day, of course, Penguins get that win 5-4. to four. They're back in action on Thursday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That will be the third and final meeting. The Penguins have taken the first two meetings, one in Toronto and one in Pittsburgh. I'll have a full game recap, uh, full game preview, um, excuse me, for, for Wednesday's episode. And of course, touch on a couple of other things. Again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. And I will be back on Wednesday for a new episode. I'll talk to you all then.